Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Genesis 36, but before we go there, let's uh, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for this day and for all that you've done. I'm grateful for who you are. You're an incredibly gracious God, and I'm so thankful that you care about me and love me. And I just lift up this time. I just pray for my mind, my heart, my spirit to be yours, that you would guide me as I read, that, you're, that you, Holy Spirit, would would show me your message that you would give me wisdom and insights and help me to understand what it is you want me to know. May it be your message, not mine, that is heard. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So this chapter is one of those chapters that normally when I first read it, I'm like, eh, this is not that great. It's just a list of names. <clears throat> and candidly, the names are kind of tough for me to say, so I'm thinking, oh man, better get my tongue limbered up. It really goes to show that I was reading some commentaries and it really demonstrates that God loves us. He has a plan for us and, you know, it's that plan that gets fulfilled because at the, when Esau and, and, um, Jacob were born, God said they were both going to be great nations. They were going to both create great nations, but they're going to be very different. One is going to be godly, which is what Jacob's is, even though he's called deceiver. And the other one is going to be one that's doesn't please God very much. And that's going to be Esau's. And it's not because Esau is a terrible human being. I mean, look at Jacob and some of the stuff he's done, but let's think about who J- who Esau really is. And so I'll read from one of the commentaries that I've been reading, um, the preachers or the preaching the Bible commentary. It says Jacob's maneuvering was reprehensible, but everyone knew that Esau disparaged his birthright, that it was up for sale. The sad reality was that Esau's dismissive neglect was a monumental insult to Jehovah, the God of his father, Abraham and Isaac. He despised his birthright and the, and the Bible despises what he did. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. Esau did this great sin with no repentance, no sorrow, and no regret, and his life went on unchallenged by consequences. He continued to stride the fields after game, eat under the sun and the stars, and he laughed and played games as always. Nothing had changed, he thought. So Esau was kind of, not kind of, he was. He was what we would term a man's man. He hunted, he f- he fished, he had lots of kids. He had a huge family and lots of chiefs. I mean, he was extremely successful. And he didn't think twice about anything. He didn't think twice about his birthright. He didn't think twice about God. He just lived his life. And eventually, it'll come back and get him. But with that, with that thought not the thought of it coming back to get him, but just that this is the person he was. And he's a guy who just lived his life and enjoyed himself. He lived for the moment, i.e. I'm hungry, I'll sell my birthright for it. And so he just did those things and he, and God didn't like it. He didn't like that he didn't have any care for 
his family or, you know, he lived for the moment and that he would sell his birthright and not have any repentance for it, for the things that he did and he didn't repent for it, that he'd have lots of children by the Hittites when God expressly said and told his father, don't find a, a wife for my son in the Hittite, in the land we're currently living in. He wanted it to be within the family, but Esau didn't care. He just went out and grabbed initially two, two beautiful women, and that was his deal because he lived for the moment. He just lived for his pleasures. He didn't live for God or anyone or, or anything else. So with that, let's go ahead and, and look at the account of the family. So this is the account of the family line of Esau, that is Edom. Esau took his wives from the women of Canaan, Ada, daughter of Elon the Hittite, and Olimabah, daughter of Anna, and granddaughter of Zibion the Hivite, also Basemath, daughter of Ishmael, and sister of Nebioth. Ada bore El Elipaz to Esau, Basemath bore Ruel, and Olimbah bore Jush, Jush, Jalam, and Korah. These were the sons of Esau, who were born to him in Canaan. Esau took his wives and sons and daughters, and all the members of his household, as well as his livestock and all his other animals, and all the goods he had acquired in Canaan, and moved to a land some distance from his brother Jacob. Their possessions were too great for them to remain together. The land where they were staying could not support them both because of their livestock. So this guy became rich, and he just looked at it as his his doing. He wasn't thanking God for it, and he was just living his life. So Esau, that is Edom, settled in the hill country of Seir. This is the account of the family line of Esau, the father of the Edomites in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons, Elphaz, the son of Esau's wife, Ada, and Ruel, the son of Esau's wife, Basemath. The sons of Eliphaz, Teman, Omar, Zepho, Gadam, and Kenaz. Esau's son Eliphaz also had a concubine named Timnah, who bore him Amalek. These were grandsons of Esau's wife, Ada. The sons of Ruel, Nathan, or Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These were the grandsons of Esau's wife, Basemath. The sons of Esau's wife, Oholimbah, daughter of Anna, and granddaughter of Zibion, whom she bore to Esau. Now, she's the one who was Ishmael's child, which is the child that was sent away from Abraham. So it's like he th he tried to do something, oh, I'll, I'll marry someone that's close to our family and not one of these Hittites or Canaanites. And instead, he married someone out of Ishmael's line, which, again, wasn't probably the greatest thing to do. But it was a spur-of-the-moment deal for him. So, the sons of Esau, Esau's wife, Obalamah, daughter of Anna and granddaughter of Zibion, whom she bore to Esau, were Jesha, Jewish, Jalam, and Korah. These were the chiefs among Esau's descendants. So, Esau had a big family, but then he had chiefs also. The sons of Elphaz, the firstborn of Esau, chiefs Teman, Omar, Zepho, Kenaz, Korah, Gadam, and Amalek. These were the chiefs descended from Ephaz, Elphaz, 
and Edom. They were grandsons of Ada. The sons of Esau's son, Ruel, chief Nathan, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These were the chiefs descended from Ruel and Edom. They were the grandsons of Esau's wife, Basemath. The sons of Esau's wife, Olibah, chiefs Jush, Jalam, Korah. These were the chiefs descended from Esau's wife, Olamabah, daughter of Anna. These were the sons Esau, that is Edom, and these were their chiefs. These were the sons of Seir, the Horite, and were living in the region, Lotan, Shabola, Zibion, Anna, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishon. These sons of Seir in Edom were Horite chiefs. The sons of Lotan, Hori and Homan, Timon, Timna was Lotan's sister. The sons Shobal, the sons of Shobal, Alvin, Manahath, Ebla, Ebel, Shephon, and Onan. The sons of Zibion, Ea, and Anna. This is the Anna who discovered the hot springs in the desert while he was grazing the donkeys of his father Zibion. Must have been quite the stir. <laughs> the children of Anna. Dishon and Oblamah, daughter of Anna. The sons of Dishon were Hemden, Eshban, Ithran, and Kiran. The sons of sons of Ezer were Bilan, Zavon, and Akin. And the sons of Dishan were Uz and Aaron. These were the Horite chiefs. Lotan, Shabal, Zibin, Zibion, Anna, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishan. These were the Horite chiefs according to their divisions in the land of Seir. So here's the rulers, the rulers of Edom. These were the kings who reigned in Edom before the any Israelite king reigned. Bela, son of Beor, became king of Edom. The city was named Dinabah. When Bela died, Jobah, son of Zerah, from Boz, Bozrah, succeeded him as king. When Job, Jobab died, Husham, from the land of the Temanites, succeeded him as king. When Husham died, Hadad, son of Bedam, Badad, was defeated, who defeated Midian in the country of Moab, succeeded him as king. His city was named Abith. When Hadad died, Samla from Masquerah succeeded him as king. When Samla died, Shal from Rehoboth on the river succeeded him as king. When Shal died, Balan Hanan, son of Akbor, succeeded him as king. When Baal Hanan, son of Akbor, died, Hadad succeeded him as king. His city was named Paul, and his wife's name was Metabal, daughter of Metred the daughter of Mezabah. These were the chiefs descended from Esau by name, according to their clans and regions, Timna, Alva, Jethan, Olamabah, Ella, Pinan, Kenaz, Temen, Mibzar, Magdiel, and Aram. These were the chiefs of Edom, according to their settlements in the land they occupied. This is the family line of Esau, the father of the Edomites. So, Sometimes I, I wonder, God, why do we need to know this? Well, the genealogy is important because it does get linked back to 
<clears throat> to Christ, to Abraham, and throughout history and the families. So it's important to know that. It's also to, important to understand that that you have two different ways of living that were, that were happening. One was Jacob, who became right with God, and then the one is Esau. And Esau is just kind of bumping along, doing his thing. And just because you're right with God, like Jacob, or just because you're not serving God, like Esau, doesn't mean that you're going to be punished, you know, materially. No, God is still going to use you. He uses Esau. Esau goes and has an incredible wealth and builds himself an incredible clan and family. Jacob does the same thing. And he still makes mistakes. He makes a lot of mistakes. And next we're going to read about Joseph. And Joseph makes a lot of mistakes. But before we do, I got to let you know that I'm going to be um, traveling. So I won't be back until this coming Monday. So for the next three days, right, Friday, no, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, four days, um, I won't be doing the podcast. So with that, I'm going to sign off and just let's close up with a quick word of prayer. Father, thank you for this day and for all that you've done. Thank you for loving us and caring about us. I just lift up your reading. And I pray, Holy Spirit, for you to touch our hearts and our minds and really to be with us and guide us. Thank you for the many blessings you bestowed on me and all of us. And I just pray for your Holy Spirit to guide us and to fill us to complete, completely full. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And until we, until we talk again, I appreciate you joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. And I'll talk to you soon.